This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 97, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, July 17th. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is Adam Chapman, your host, and uh, this is the reviews episode for releases from the week of uh, Wednesday, July 24th. Well, July 17th. Wow. Uh, You can tell I'm doing this in one take because I majorly screwed that up. Uh, Now, this episode is probably going to be going up on July 24th, so a week late. um, Not a week late, sorry. Three days later than normal. Usually the episodes come up on Sundays. Uh, As I have mentioned before on the podcast, however, I have currently uh, undertaken a a move as I uh, recently moved. Sorry, I just had to take a pause a second there. I realized that I could hear my cat crying somewhere else in my house. Anyways, I've moved in the last few days. Uh, on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, basically was like a combination move as we uh, moved our home. Not moved our home. Moved the contents of our home into a new a new residence. And it took quite a long time to do it. And I'm now living in a box fort uh, as I speak. I have my laptop resting on the box for my Daredevil statue. And my microphone is... On top of a, a WizKids Heroclux box that's been taped shut with the sticker on top saying that it's for the basement and it has, it's my sixth box full of trade paperbacks. Uh, so right now I'm living in a, a, a boxy existence. Um, I have my trusty cat Gwen with me here to, uh, who decides that she wants to be on part of the show today. Uh, now because I was moving this week, Almost none of the comics really had a chance to read, so this is going to be a relatively quick episode, just based on that alone, as, um, sorry, the, uh, microphone is not on a set table, it's on a box, so the cat is now hitting said box, so I will try to dispose of her gently. Um, so moving forward to the actual issues we're going to talk about, I'm only looking at about ten or so books, there's a lot of books that came out this week that normally I would have reviewed, um, probably just not going to have a chance to, and then... This coming weekend, I may not have a chance to read a lot of books either, so the next couple reviews episodes might be a little light. Um, obviously, the next episode after this one will be episode 98, the Spotlight on Wolverine episode, which actually, um, usually episodes go up on Wednesdays, but because the movie's coming out this Friday, we're actually recording it on Friday the 26th, so it's a little later than normal as well, but that is actually by design, although today's episode is late, not by design at all. Um, then next week, hopefully, we'll have the 100th episode. Now, it's possible that I might have the 99th episode, and then I might take a brief hiatus. Um, it depends on if I'm actually able to have enough people come to take part in the 100th episode, and I kind of don't want to continue uh, with reviews episodes if in, without having the 100th episode done. So uh, there might be a brief hiatus after issue, sorry, after episode 99. Um, as always, I just want to ask uh, the people if they have any questions, concerns, uh, feedback for the show, email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook. Uh, one thing I would ask as well, and I know people have mentioned they have done this before, but for some reason it never shows up. But um, give us, you know, a rate, or, rate, a, rate the show or give a review of the show on iTunes. Um, just so we can get kind of more feedback and hopefully uh, try and uh, build the audience for the show. Anyways... Brief discussion of some issues. So first we have all-new X-Men number 14. So uh, the Bendis train keeps unrolling. Still a fairly solid book. I mean, at this point, I'm not really surprised. Um, it's a consistently enjoyable book, uh, month in and month out. It, it, it's interesting, too, because it really feels like it just kind of takes place in its own fun little vacuum, and I'm perfectly content to have it stay there and 
just enjoy it there. Um, I don't need it to really do anything more than just tell the story it's telling right now. Um, it, it's it's fun times. And seeing Jean Grey, she, Jean Grey really is the star of this book because uh, she's been dead for so many years and now you have her back in the Marvel Universe, um, but in a very different version. And having her go up against Master, Lady Mastermind is actually pretty awesome and badass. Uh, there's a lot of kind of cool moments that happen here. Eminem does a fantastic job in the artwork. Uh, the Wolverine and Wolverine battle, the showdown looked pretty cool as well. Um, this was just really, really cool, really well done. I uh, love Kitty Pride saying, you know, I'm Professor Kitty Pride. Um, really dug this, really entertaining. Uh, I gave it uh, an 8 out of 10. It's a solid book, and it is every single issue. I'm wondering where they're going to go with the whole next issue's cover being like, you know, there's romance in the air. Um, Jean, temper like short uh, having short-lived romances are being uh, hit on by Adam Rose Daxman isn't out of the ordinary. Having it be beast, it doesn't quite work for me. Although, if you look at the advanced cover, the paws on the guy obviously look like beast. But then, if you look at the face, it looks more like angel. So I just found that a little bit irritating. Um, I also really just love the design, the way that they're. Uh, both Marquez and Eminem, I love their design on Young Cyclops. There's just something about it. They are able to sell the fact that this is a younger version of Cyclops so well, just solely based on the artwork and how they uh, portray the face as well as uh, the visor. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, it's so it's so specific, and it's it's hard to even really put it into words, but there's something about it that just looks really cool. Uh, next up is Avengers number 16. This is one of the first titles, um, sorry, first issues that Hickman's done of Avengers that I really wasn't that big a fan of. Now, obviously, this is part of the prelude to Infinity, um, so it's by Hickman and Spencer, and it's artwork by Caselli, who normally I like. I just felt that this issue felt a little bit more, it had some really good parts, and it had some great moments, but it wasn't necessarily a, a cohesive and well-written story. Um, there's some really good stuff with Eden, um, and, uh... Oh, not Captain Universe, and that was really cool. But then the stuff on Earth with the the organism I didn't find as interesting, nor really the um, uh, the use of the of Bruce Banner and the Hulk. But then you also have the Star Brand and Night Mask, and I thought their interaction was brilliant and just really fascinating. So it was this weird dichotomy of having some really strong stuff and then some stuff that was really kind of weak and yeah, I don't know, just didn't feel like it really had a, a lot of oomph or a lot of uh, staying power. Um, so I gave the issue overall a 7 out of 10. The artwork by Caselli also wasn't his best either. Um, and again, there were some... It, it was mainly the stuff... I feel like the art actually perfectly mirrored the story in that the art on the aspects of the story that I mentioned that I didn't like as much wasn't as good. But when it was on stuff I really liked, like Starbrand and Nightmask or um, the um, Eden and Captain Universe stuff, that looked great. So it was just interesting that the art really did kind of match the story there. Um, sorry, I'm fighting with my cat. Um, that's as professional as I get on this podcast right now. It's 11.35 on a Tuesday night. This episode is already like two days late, even if I was to post it right now. Um, you're getting my commentary on me fighting my cat. That's just going to happen. Uh, next up is Batman and Catwoman number 22. I actually really enjoyed this. I've been kind of lukewarm on uh, Tomasi's, uh, you know, Batman and book ever since the death of Damien. Um, just because Batman obviously is supposed to be out of character, but they've almost brought him too far out of character at times. Um, Patrick Gleason is a great illustrator for the book. I like Tomasi as a writer. 
he writes a great Catwoman. I'm still not quite sure how I feel about the whole Carrie Kelly stuff, but at least he's really kind of jumping in. Although there's some panels, like I know she's supposed to be like this young kind of college kid, and obviously she was always supposed to be quite uh, quite a bit smaller than Bruce Wayne. But there's a shot in here where she looks like a child, but like, but still a woman because they kind of give her the womanly features. Uh, it's just an interesting choice. And Batman, Bruce Wayne doesn't even look like a nice man at all. Like, he really does look like this big, brooding, like, angry guy. Considering he's supposed to kind of be able to pretend that he's this, you know, this socialite guy who doesn't care, he's doing a pretty shitty job in front of Carrie Kelly. Um, however, there is a great panel in here where you have uh, Batman listening to record tapes with him and Robin. And the, uh, first of all, I mean, the artwork is a little excessive in terms of, like, the neck muscles on Batman are really extra. Like, I don't think he could move his neck with the way that it's illustrated. But it's also such a, even though the musculature is overblown, I found it to be an absolutely fantastic sequence, uh, page. Because it's just the pathos that you get just from looking at Batman. He's slumped in his chair. He's got his hand at the side holding, like, these, uh, headphones or I guess he was listening to the audio. Yeah, his face is somewhat in shadow. Um, it just looks like a broken man who's just got nothing left. And he's just... It's just very powerful. And it was just in that one shot. Um, having a team up with uh, Batwoman... Sorry, Catwoman was pretty awesome. Um, there's a lot of great artwork in terms of the, how the action is illustrated. I really dig this. And the last page was awesome. Where you have um, basically Two Face walks in, he sits at a table. Everyone's freaked out. Takes a coin, he flips it, and obviously it's the side where no one dies. And he just says no, and he walks away dejected, deeply chilling, like deeply chilling. That's that's creepy. Um, the idea that he's he wants to kill people and he can't. He's like ah oh, no, and he just walks away. Like that is messed up. I gave it an eight out of ten. Very solid read. Uh, next up was Birds of Prey number 22. No, I've said for a while I've enjoyed this book a lot more than I think it ever had any right for me to enjoy it. This felt like it uh, really dropped down. Uh, this was not what I was expecting, and it wasn't that entertaining. It's written by Christy Marks, artwork by Romano Molinar and Robson Roca. Those, so I don't believe that's a regular team, and both writer or artist. Uh, you have, uh, I forget his name, but the the flying character, who now, yeah, now I can't remember his name, but... Uh, he, his basically his former team shows up and they fight the birds of prey. Uh, I did not care for that. I also didn't care for Batgirl kind of disappearing and then coming back and having a few issues of her own series already have taken place. Uh, I like that there's a bit of continuity, but it also felt awkwardly kind of shoehorned in. The art wasn't the strongest, especially on Batgirl and, and Black Canary. It just left me cold. Uh, and considering I've been enjoying this book, that was disappointing. So I gave it a five out of ten. Uh, next up is Green Lantern New Guardians number 22 uh, again another book where I wanted to like this more than I did actually I take that back before I read it I was hoping I would enjoy it and then I read it and I didn't like it and nothing changed that and I didn't I wasn't at the end of the day I wasn't that uh, surprised written by Justin Jordan artwork by Brad Walker I can't stand the artwork and it's not necessarily it's really just on Kyle, but he's the main character in this book, and he looks ridiculous, and I just, I just don't like it, there's something about it, and even the colors feel a little matte, like, this, I don't know, characters with powering should look awesome, uh, they should really, you know, the, the artwork should just, uh, vibrate off the page in terms of the colors, 
Uh, the story is not a bad one, but it is def definitely felt really generic. Um, it just feels like we're constantly getting characters that are very similar to each other. Um, I don't know. I, I just was not a huge fan of this. And, uh, yeah, I, I wish it could have been better, but it wasn't. And I gave it a 5 out of 10. Like, I just, I'm, I'm so over the Green Lantern Corps, which is sad because for so long I was such a huge fan. Uh, next up is Justice League of America number 6. So this continues the Trinity War storyline. Um, in some ways it is kind of uh, better than the first part because it felt like it made a little bit more sense in some areas. Um, I did like kind of seeing how the two teams throw down uh, to try to deal with Superman. Superman's got some major issues with his own abilities. You're getting more of the magic played up here. Um, so, and I also liked how the Trinity plays off with one another. Obviously, it's a very different dynamic now that Superman and Wonder Woman are actually t dating, which is actually interesting. Uh, I did say Superman and Wonder Woman. Okay, if I'd said Superman and Batman, it would have been weird. Um, and Superman trying to deal with the fact that he killed someone. That being said, this version of Superman that we've seen in the New 52 doesn't feel like he'd be ripping, like, beating himself up the same way that he is here. Uh, obviously, he wouldn't think that it was the right thing to do to accidentally kill someone. But I also think, based on how he's written, he's not the pre-New 52 Superman who really would have been horrified. And, I mean, like, who probably would have gone into exile again if he'd, you know, if he could trust his powers at all. Uh, whereas the New 52 version, I don't quite buy him being this upset about it. Um, I did enjoy seeing how Batman and the, the Trinity... I always liked when the Trinity kind of had disagreement amongst them. Uh, the Justice League Dark, however... I found didn't really make a... I, I, did they call themselves Justice League Dark? It just felt very awkward and strange. Uh, I do like the question, even though I don't like this for a weird, more mystical version of the question. I do prefer the uh, classic Denny O'Neill question, um, where he really popularized uh, the question concept more than Ditko probably ever had. Um, but yeah, I give this a 7 out of 10. Definitely, you know, a, a relatively solid outing. There were some issues... The artwork wasn't the best, but overall, uh, I think I I think I don't know if the ratings will bear this out, but I think I did enjoy it more than the first issue, just because the first issue felt very rushed to get to this is a big throwdown, and then it's you know the first maybe third half of the issue kind of dispatches that and then moves on. But in the same way, I'm glad that we're getting a greater sense of what is this storyline really going to be about, where are we going here, and at least it feels like we're we're getting to something. But we really don't know what this Trinity War really is mean. What is the title Trinity War actually represent? Not entirely sure about that yet. Uh, this is written by Jeff Johns with Jeff Le and Jeff Lemire. Artwork by Doug Monkey, who obviously is more well known recent, more recently for his work on the Green Lantern uh, franchise. Uh, next up is Nova Number Six. Holy crap! This was fantastic. Um, Zeb Wells and I believe it's Paco Medina. Uh, let me just check that. Yeah, Paco Medina. Um, Paco Medina here does his very best impression of Ed McGuinness. And honest to God, if you hadn't told me that this wasn't Ed McGuinness, I probably would have just assumed it was. It's very similar. Obviously, there's some stylistic differences, but it also manages to be so similar uh, to how Ed McGuinness portrayed uh, the characters in this world in the first five issues that if I really do need to be told this isn't Ed McGuinness, because otherwise I really would think it was. There is a character, by the way, I'm just flipping through it, but he has kind of a skull in his shirt and kind of has this weird haircut. I, not a weird haircut, but for some reason it makes me think of Ares, and I kind of wish it was reincarnated Ares. Um, anyways, I'm loving this book. 
I love how Sam Alexander is being written and his dealing with his family and the idea of his father as a Nova and what that meant and what his mom may or may not let him do and how he's really just kind of wants to be a hero and, and experience that because it's exciting and new and you know he's got these powers now so this was immensely entertaining I gave it a 9 out of 10 um, a very strong beginning to a new team uh, it's sad that you know the original creative team only stayed on for five issues, but you know now we've got an even like a not an even better team, but a team that can well uh, who are well suited and ably suited to picking up where they left off and in a big way. Um, then so that was nine out of ten. Next up is Superior Carnage number one. Um, so this is Superior Month. We got a lot of books branded Superior. This was actually really really good. Um, I've can't even remember how Minimum Carnage really ended because I remember not liking it all that much. Plus, my LCS didn't put all the issues aside for me for some reason, so I think I'm missing like an issue or two, even now. Um, really digging this. Although the first part of the issue, you're dealing with a character who is a brand new character because he's kind of a nobody, and then by the end of the issue, he's dead. And actually, within the first half of the issue, he's dead. So it kind of made me wonder what was even the point of bringing in that character at all. Um, but here we have Carnage attempts to kind of do like a breakout. Uh, it appears that the wizard wants to uh, reform him, well, not reform him, but take control of the Venom, sorry, the Carnage symbiote, much in the same way the United States military originally co-opted the Venom symbiote. And he wants to have Carnage work for him as part of a new Frightful Four. And it's a great sequence at the end where, you know, uh, it looks like Carnage is really going to beat the shit out of him and potentially kill the wizard. And then suddenly... He's, you know, blasted with a sonic blast. And, of course, the other member of the Five for Four is, the, is Claw, the Master of Sound, who's probably the best person to have on your team if you're also going to try and control Carnage. Um, this was extremely well done. It was a surprise how enjoyable this was. Uh, I can't wait for it to read the next issue. It's written by Kevin Schnick, sorry, Schnick, and uh, I believe I work by Steven Segovia. Um... But yeah, no, this was extremely good. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Yeah, written by Kevin Shinnick, artwork by Steven Segovia, and colors by J. David Ramos. This was a really surprising read. It was a lot better than I expected it to be. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, next up is Thanos Rising, number 4. Now, this book, uh, it's been getting better with each issue. Issue 1 was awful. I said don't read it. Um, this issue was actually a lot more interesting. It's by Jason Aaron and Simone Bianchi. Um, this felt a lot more like the Thanos we know. Uh, Thanos kind of discovering that the girl he loves or want, is proving, trying to prove his love for is actually death. Um, you have the idea that he's a really seriously messed up guy because he's talking to corpses and thinks that they're talking to him even though they're, they're dead, dead women. Uh, his, his own crew thinks he's kind of batshit crazy. Um... It's kind of really messed up, but it's incredibly enjoyable. Uh, it was weird to see Death kind of talking back to him, but it definitely feels more like the Thanos we know, and we're, we're built into him kind of going to Titan to kill those on Titan. So this was really, really good, really solid. I'm surprised that they've been able to turn it around so completely thus far. Uh, I gave it a, an 8 out of 10. It was just really good. And uh, the last book I'm going to look at this week is X-Factor 259. So we're continuing the end of X-Factor storyline. Um, so this issue 
is what 259 so it's part three of the end of x-factor i didn't much care for it it was a weird richter story richter is sent somewhere in back basically to the mojoverse uh after what happened in the hell and earth war he cut there's a little bit of time travel they definitely kind of play with the origins i'm not going to spoil too much of it in this case but they spoil the origins of the shadow star and long shot characters and it's really kind of weird and messed up spirals in there as well as well as mojo i wasn't a huge fan it was an okay issue i mean it was entertaining but i just felt like he he tried too hard to um to try to reconcile different aspects of these characters and make sense of it all and personally i didn't care for it or i just didn't need it i mean it felt like he peter david was trying so hard to make certain things fit that it no, no longer felt worth doing. Like, if you can make it fit in a cool, fun way that's uh, cohesive and coherent and doesn't feel like a chore to put into effect, then great. But if it is feeling like a chore, then you shouldn't do it at all. Uh, our work in this issue is by Leonard Kirk, and obviously it's written by Peter David. So now we have three issues left of X-Factor, and it's over with issue uh, what, six, 262. Uh, so there's a lot of books I didn't get a chance to read, unfortunately, because of the move, and those include A Plus X, number 10, Animal Man, 22, Avengers Assemble, 17, Batwoman, 22, Deadpool, 13, Fantastic Four, 10, uh, FF, number 9, Iron Man, 13, Legion of Superheroes, 22, Morbius the Living Vampire, number 7, uh, Savage Wolverine, number 7, Supergirl, number 22, Thor, God of Thunder, number 10, Thunderbolt 13, Uncanny X-Force number 8, What If ABX number 2, and Wonder Woman number 22. Um, I usually go through previewsworld.com and go through a complete list, but I think with most of those are ones that I actually did uh, purchase or get in some way. Um, let me just quickly look up uh, last week's list of releases. And I don't think it's going to let me do that because why would it? Why it would be too simple? Um, let's see. By the way, if you ever go on uh, previewsworld.com, they have a, a link on the right-hand side for the to pre-order the Infinity Gauntlet bottle opener. And it looks kind of awesome. Because uh, who really doesn't want the uh, the uh, Infinity Gauntlet uh, as, a, as a bottle opener? I don't think you can get more badass than that, right? Um, anyways, I don't think I'm actually going to be able to get up a list of all the comics that came out this past week. I got a pretty com comprehensive uh, list so far on what I already provided. Um, one more second here. Yes, I could pause the show. Yeah, it's not happening. Um, anyways, so I can't wait to read a lot of the comics that I just said I didn't have a chance to read yet because I think they're all going to be pretty good. Um, as I said, it's been crazy and not being able to stay on top of all the books is kind of a bummer. Um, Batman 66 obviously has come out uh, Fables 131 came out this past week uh, a bunch of trades uh, what else came out oh Justice League of America's vibe number 6 oh, I can't wait to read that um, and then on the Marvel side let's see we've got uh, I think I got just whatever oh, Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number 25 oh, I can't read, read, read that totally forgot about that too that's such a bummer Wolverine Max number 9 uh, I think I mentioned Thunderbolts already uh, Powers Bureau number 6 Scarlet number 7 um, I think that and I think that's just about it 
Uh, oh, Cable Max Force number 11. I don't know if I mentioned that. Avengers Assemble, 17. So a lot of books came out this past week. Um, so at some point, I'll get a chance to read them. I might mention them on a future episode, but to be honest, it's unlikely at this point of the game. Uh, so thank you for joining me for this episode. It's a little truncated because I didn't go through as many books. Um, I Obviously, like there would have been at least 12 to 13 more books if I kept going. Uh, also... If uh, if you're listening to the show and you hear kind of a weird racket behind me, or it feels like there's a weird undercurrent of noise, please let me know. Um, I as I said, I am recording in a new space, and in my basement now there is the air conditioning running, and I don't know how much it's going to pick up in terms of the feedback, uh, or not feedback, but underlying noise. So I'm, if anyone wants to comment on that, I would appreciate it. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's the episode. This has been episode 97, comic reviews for the week of July 17th. Uh, we now have two more episodes remaining until we hit uh, episode 100, and that will be the spotlight on the Wolverine episode, as well as episode 99, which will be the comic reviews episode for the week of July 24th, and hopefully that will come up on this coming Wednesday, uh, sorry, Sunday. So once again, I am your host, Adam Chapman. Thank you for joining me for this episode. I really appreciate it. All feedback can be directed to uh, comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook or please uh, rate or comment on the, uh, on the podcast on iTunes. It's very much appreciated. You can't imagine how much I really love getting feedback, especially uh, through the iTunes um, mechanism. So thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.